Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody out there, welcome to episode 70 titled Time in the Market versus Timing the Market. And so this topic's been on my mind mainly because this year, uh, January 2022 so far and February have been very volatile. The market has been having high swings, high dips, 2% loss this day, 2% gain that day. It's been all over the place. I think the overall market is down depending on the day between five and eight percent so it has not been a great year in the stock market so far so i think when months that are bumpy like this happen some people are prone to getting freaked out about the stock market despite its long track record of success and start to try to time the market in other words try to sell at the wrong time try to jump in and buy at the wrong time. So today I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about something that a lot of good investors and smart people have talked about, which is time in the market is better than timing the market. So market timers try to get the best price by predicting market behavior so they can buy low and sell high. So let's talk about what's wrong with this kind of thinking. Unfortunately, like with stock picking versus passive investing, the evidence overwhelmingly suggests that successfully timing the market is all but impossible for the simple reason that market movement is essentially random and unpredictable as all available information is already priced in. All crystal balls are cloudy and one cannot expect to accurately and consistently time the market. In fact, the practice is usually more harmful than helpful. So what active money managers and stock pickers try to convince you is that they can look at trends in the market, trends in the business cycle. They can do research on different stocks and different bonds and different opportunities and different commodities, and they can time the market and buy at the right time and sell at the wrong time and therefore at the right time and therefore make you money as their client. Uh, However, as usual, psychology and emotions can play a huge role here. Investors may feel that their investments are due for a correction, for example, after flying high, or that they're due for a comeback after a recent drop. But nothing says the investment can't continue going up or down respectively. The first investor may shave off some profits to lock in their gains, but their original thesis about the future growth of the investment hasn't changed, so this is irrational behavior. Alternatively, that same investor may believe the recent run-up means The stock is on a hot streak, so they buy more. This is equally irrational. On the other side of the coin, the same can be said about panic selling in a crash or a correction like we're facing right now. We're close to correction material. Correction is considered 10% uh, down market, and we've been close to that a couple times this year. Uh, These irrational emotion-based trades are more likely to hurt the investor's long-term total return. Fear and greed and overconfidence can be massively damaging to one's portfolio. Studies suggest that time in the market is the way to go versus timing the market. That is, as I've mentioned earlier, hold for the long term and ignore the short term noise. 
stay the course, as Jack Bogle said. He was the founder of Vanguard. He has since passed away, but was a inventor of the index fund and really believed in just buy and hold long-term investing. He would say, don't do something, just stand there. In doing so, we're if we stay the course, uh, we're relying on the simple premise that the market tends to go up more than it goes down, which it typically does. It goes up typically more 70 to 80% of the time, and it goes down 20 to 30% of the time. So we don't need to try to time its movement. As long as the fundamental reasons for investing in the first place haven't changed, the time in the market simply keeps buying regularly regardless of market sentiments or valuations or feelings or news or whatever might be coming across the social media platforms. Uh, moreover, the market spends a non-trivial amount of time at all-time highs. So a lot of people will say, I can't invest. We're at all-time highs. But there are multiple, sometimes 70, 80, all-time highs throughout the course of a year, uh, which are not usually followed by major dips. So there's no logical reason to sit on cash in fear of a crash just because the market is looking good. In doing so, market timers usually simply miss out on those gains on the way up. The common saying now is that time in the market beats timing the market. A lot of times when stocks go up, they will keep going up. As a matter of fact, we've talked about factor investing, meaning uh, overweighting a little bit in small and in value stocks. Another factor that sometimes is beneficial is momentum investing. So a lot of times stocks that are going up keep going up. Uh, the concept is very closely related to the idea of dollar cost averaging versus lump sum investing. I've had readers and listeners ask about, uh, I guess more listeners, readers has to do more with email and stuff, but I've had listeners ask me about which is better, dollar cost averaging or lump sum investing. Dollar cost averaging, rem reminding you the audience is when you put in a certain amount over the course of time. Uh, it can mean 401k investing, meaning uh, going in every couple weeks with your paycheck, but it can also mean having a big sum of money and not daring to throw it all in the market at once. So deciding to put in, say, a few thousand a month until it's all in the market. Lump sum investing means you put it all in at once. Uh, dollar cost averaging describes spreading out a sum of cash over regular intervals, basically. And the lump sum investing describes investing the total sum all at once as soon as it's available which is much superior on average and beats dollar cost averaging over 70% of the time because the market goes up 70% of the time. Uh, in this sense, dollar cost averaging is like market timing. If you have that big sum of money and you're choosing to put it in every once in a while, most investors who are doing Roth IRAs or 401ks are kind of forced to dollar cost average because they don't have all the money sitting on the sidelines waiting. If you do, it's best to just put it all in at once and ignore the noise. Uh, the lump sum investor ignores feelings about the short-term market, the ups and downs, and just invests when he or she has that money. Uh, we have loads of evidence illustrating the futility of active management over 15 to 20 year periods of time. Uh, passive, man passive index funds outperform active management 90% of the time, basically. And so market timing still persists. Uh, at least half of the available money in the market is still involved in active management, which is interesting based on all of the information that's at our disposal. Uh, ironically, the market timer is likely to continue trying to time the market due to hindsight bias. 
for example, which means humans tend to remember their past predictions as more accurate than they really were. A loss aversion also plays a huge role here too, the principle that people are more sensitive to losses than gains, suggesting that we tend to be to do more to avoid losses than to acquire gains. Uh, market timers may realize they can't beat the market, but they still think they can avoid losses by sitting on the sidelines waiting for the crash that may never come. Sometimes markets will go up for years at a time, uh, and people sitting on the sidelines, perhaps even since 2008, might still be waiting to get in. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the costs of market timing. Uh, so there are several important implicit and explicit costs of trying to time the market. So the first is fees. Uh, granted, most platforms now are having fee-free trading platforms, so that is really good. But if you're not on one of those and you're paying each time you invest a fee to buy in, then that can be problematic for the dollar cost averaging and not putting it all in at once. Uh, there are, let's see, an implicit cost of market timing is your time. If you're trying to predict movement to buy low and sell high, any extra analysis and subsequent trading you have to do is an implicit opportunity cost where you could have been doing something else. If you spend one hour a week charting and placing buy orders, for example, that's 52 hours per year spent on something that is very likely providing no benefit and is actually hurting your total return over the long term. The most significant cost uh, is sitting on cash, uh, which loses money to inflation every time, every day it sits there, uh, which makes also your asset allocation more conservative. This, again, is the main reason why lump sum investing beats dollar cost averaging on average. But the point is even more important in this context is the market timer sitting on cash for months or even years in anticipation of a crash, which is just, in my opinion, a poor way to invest. It does not tend to work when you consider all the percentages. So the most significant cost for a reason that many investors don't realize is that stock markets gain for any given year come from just a handful of days of stellar performance. So I want to share a graph that Schwab put together. I can't obviously share it with you, but I can tell you about it. So I want to pull that up really quick. And since this is a podcast, I will just have to talk to you about it. So basically what it says is that this is an illustration of time in the market is more important than timing the market. So we're going to talk about from 2001 to 2020, and we're going to talk about the S&P 500 index those 500 companies in the United States. So during those, we're going to talk about if you missed, if you kept invested during that time, you had a, about an 8% return. If you take out the top 10 days from that 20-year period, you only have a 3.4% return. If you take out the 20 best days, excluding the top 20 days, you have a 0.1% return. You take out the 30 best days, a negative 1.5%, and the top 40 days, a negative 3.4%. So out of all those days, I haven't computed what 365 times 20 is, but that's a lot of days. You just take out a handful of those days and you lose all of the gains that you get in the market. So what this teaches us is that there are relatively few, the, the market's performance is based on a relatively few amount of days. And if you're trying to time the market and trying to 
basically predict when they, those days are going to be, uh, you're probably not going to be able to do that. So that just illustrates the importance of just keeping your money in the market. Don't pull it out. Leave it in there and let it, let it work its magic, let it compound, and let it grow for you. So um, as we discuss the conclusion in talking about market timing, we find that index investing beats active management on average and time in the market beats timing the market on average. So trying to time the market is usually more harmful than helpful and will cost you a lot of gains in the market. Missing out on just a handful of days, like I said, of market gains can have huge ramifications on your portfolio. So it's important to pick your asset allocation, how, many, how much stock, how much bonds, real estate you're gonna have in your portfolio uh, based on your risk tolerance and time horizon. Establish an emergency fund, invest in index funds, uh, diversify broadly across asset classes like I've talked about in international, US, small, large, and um, basically consider maybe a little bit of factor investing like I've talked about with small cap and small cap value. And stay the course. Uh, write down your philosophy, game plan it, stick with it, and continue with it. A lot of these ideas came from a website called optimizeportfolio.com. So if you want more information, you can certainly go to that website and check it out. I hope you're all doing great. hope you all have a great week. That's what I have prepared for you for this time. And I would really appreciate a review on Apple or Spotify to increase the show's ability to reach more people. And remember, the simple life is a good life. 